This podcast is a member of the Place to Be Nation family. Visit us at placetobenation.com, the only place to be in your pop culture world. My countrymen and my friends, I had hoped against hope that some miracle would prevent a devastating war and bring to an end the invasion. This most serious threat World Wrestling Federation has ever known. Sports entertainment could change forever. A succession of actual wars have shaken the entire world and have threatened to bring on the gigantic conflict, which is today unhappily a fact. Place to be Nation. Welcome back to another episode of Nation Invasion. I am your host slash Captain James Gruenberg, and we are in for uh, another attack here uh, as we are uh, getting closer to uh, the month of July in 2001. We just, uh, I just last uh, last episode uh, covered King of the Ring 2001. But again, I am not alone. I have a co-captain with me on this uh, invasion voyage, and uh, he is Mr. Rocco Martone. Rocco, how are you doing tonight? I am great, James. Thanks for having me. I got my thinking hat and three beers, and I'm ready to, to watch the show with you. Oh, uh, okay. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah <laughs> Sorry, we'll... that's, my, that's my Simpsons reference for you. Oh, I didn't know we were watching the show. Are we watching the show? <laughs> No, no, that was my Simpsons reference for you. I got oh, oh, God, you had me going there for a minute. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? <laughs> oh, man, Rocco, you got me good on that one. I like scared. Like, I jumped the harpy. I was like, wait, what are we doing here? <laughs> hold up, hold up, time out. Yeah, so, oh, Rocco, thank you for that. Uh, welcome to the show here. Uh, you know, you got uh, two great back-to-back uh, shows here. But uh, before we get into uh, the shows tonight, Rocco, what is your take on the invasion angle, and what do you remember of the invasion angle? Were you uh, watching it at the time, and uh, what did you think of it overall? I was absolutely watching it at the time. I was fascinated being an old-school guy who read magazines that had, you know, Flair versus Hogan, dream matches my entire childhood. I was like, all right, we have a chance maybe for this to happen. I was not given that, but... It was still just a really weird thing that was happening, and I was fascinated to see it unfold. I guess you could look at it with scrutiny now, but I kind of, I kind of didn't have as much scrutiny as some people might have back then, just because I was just fascinated to watch it happen. And you had Austin, who was just on the best heel ever, almost in this time. So 
it's just weird. It's so much was going on. It it just was such a weird thing. And I liked it. I was all in. I was watching every show. So yeah, very interesting for me. And there were so many guys that I liked that were on the shows now. You had your ECW, like your WCW guys showing up. So it was, it was just cool to see all those new faces. Just so many guys just showing up, right? It was so very fun. Oh, we never knew what you were going to see on any show. No, it almost felt like, you know, they were trying to go for like that like NWO angle of like, oh, who's going to join next? Or and, uh, who's going to uh, attack uh, WWF next as well? You know, we've had... Um, a lot of guys uh, coming from like Lance Storm, Hugh Morris, you know, Stacey Keebler made an appearance. And uh, we're going to see some more here uh, tonight as well. And then uh, Diamond Dallas Page got himself, uh, you know, revealed himself as the stalker. So uh, he's got a feud with The Undertaker going as well. But before we get into, uh, you know, our first show of uh, Monday Night Raw, last um that Sunday night was King of the Ring 2001, where we saw Edge become King of the Ring. And this pay-per-view, Rocco, has a lot of um, injury consequences that might have affected, uh, you know, the show and the uh, outcome of the year, basically. Because let's start off with um, the street fight here. Kurt Angle suffers a broken tailbone when he gets suplex on the uh, stage. And then Shane McMahon gets um, a couple of con- levels of concussion syndromes because he gets thrown into the glass that didn't break. So somebody bought the wrong glass and uh, it broke. It did not break the first time. So Shane McMahon has uh, concussions. So that street fight really took a lot out of Kurt Angle and Shane McMahon. And then in the triple threat main event, Booker T interfered in the match and he slams Austin through the table. He gives him a suplex. And the the announcer's chair from where Austin got suplexed got caught with Austin's hand. So Booker T literally broke Austin's hand but didn't know it. And he just ran out of the building. You know, so Austin's going to be in like a cast on the SmackDown. He's not in the cast now, but you can tell that he's not going to wrestle tonight on Raw because he got uh, his hand broken by Booker T. It was either his hand or his arm, but uh, you'll see it in the sling later. But then the most gruesome injury was Chris Benoit <laughs> breaks his neck. He, as they say in that old uh, "Don't try this at home," uh, uh, you know, commercial. He ruptured a disc that fragmented into his spinal collar when he takes the uh, suplex off the top rope. So. Chris Benoit really got injured and he has to have surgery. So he's going to be out for the next uh, six months and uh, he doesn't come back until late 2002, like uh, July, 2002. So he's out for the full invasion angle and for a full year, basically. Yeah. I mean, that's like, you would think that Benoit would have been a vital point, like part wondering where, I mean, him on WCW would have been really interesting if he had defected and, I, I don't know. Does Angle and Austin being out of action give us the really cool backstage shit that we're about to get? Because that's some, you know, would that have was that just a necessary necessary way to get them on the show? Because their chemistry is so good, and all the backstage stuff that we're going to see tonight, and you're going to see after this, which is classic stuff. According, like from my vantage point, I don't know if it would have been that way. As much of it would have happened without both those guys being injured, right? So maybe no, a happy yeah. accidents in some way, you know? Yeah, you know, I mean, you're right. Hurt, but. No, no, you don't want to see anyone get hurt. But also, it's like, 
you want to see like the fans come to see Stone Cold and or Kurt Angle, you know, as well. So, I mean, if those shows are what they are, but, uh, you know, I think like with Stone Cold being out, like, you know, you feel like you're getting jipped because it's Stone Cold and people want to see Stone Cold Steve Austin. And I think they also want to see Kurt Angle. But again, like you said, you know, we get a lot of uh, funny backstage segments with uh, Stone Cold and Kurt Angle vying for Mr. McMahon's attention as well. Yeah, some of my favorite parts of the show are definitely that stuff. So let's dive into our uh, shows tonight as well. Uh, so we have Monday Night Raw, June 25th, 2001. We are live at Madison Square Garden. Mr. McMahon comes to the ring. He says he's proud of Stone Cold for retaining the WWF title. He calls the WCW champion trash. Well, he says, like, what does the T stand for in Booker T? Does it stand for terrible? Does it stand for trash? So he's basically just dissing uh, the WCW champion Booker T here. And he will put WCW out of business again. And then he says that Madison Square Garden will not be will not be uh, invaded here tonight. So before we continue, what do you think of Mr. McMahon's words here? I thought he was pretty good. I thought he just he's showing that he's a complete maniac. He does. He definitely shit on the Nassau County Coliseum as well, which was a uh, really fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, I just the it may be one of the best opening lines of a raw. He just walks out and say, do you smell it? <laughs> it's like, yes. And it smells like crap. So, yeah, really, uh, you know, typical great heel Vince stuff to open the show. Yep. Then he shares the memory of his father being inducted into the Madison Square Garden Hall of Fame. And, uh, you know, um, he shares, like, you know, some of the legends. You can also see that Vince McMahon wanted to, like, I think, like, break character and cry because, you know, a lot of the uh, old-timers that he grew up with, I think the one with Gorilla Monsoon really got to him, uh, you know. But uh, it was a good video tribute to watch his uh, dad. And it was also, like, you know, his father, too, you know, I miss, like, his dad as well. But, uh you know, a great little video package, uh, you know, highlighting the McMahon family history of Madison Square Garden as well. Yeah, you got to see Andre, and that always makes me happy. Mm-hmm. Yep. So now we have Tess versus Rhino in a hardcore title match. Rhino goes to work on Tess. Tess kicks a trash can to Rhino. Brutal trash can shots by Tess. The brawl sails and goes into the crowd and backstage. Tess lands a diving elbow to Rhino into a table. Rhino backdrops Tess and gores him into a uh, into a rail, basically, into a wall for the win. Um, so for the match itself, I gave it uh, two stars. It was a little bit short, Rocco, here, but uh, it was overall good. Like, you know, you know what you're going to get with Rhino. He's like the man beast and like, you know, he's always up for a hardcore challenge. And Tess was really good here. You know, Tess has some street fight background here as well. But uh, it was short because, you know, what's going to happen next? Uh, I gave this uh, two stars. Yeah, Rhino is just momentum, right? Like he just never stops. I think now. Watching him in the ring is always really cool because just he just goes and constantly and just I always like watching it. Uh, and and he's really cool because like when uh, Tess kicks him, he doesn't just like wait to be kicked when he's holding the, the the trash can up. He like is actively moving into the ring. He's not just standing there like some guys do. So I fucking love Rhino. Yeah, I kind of gave it a little higher because for what it was, it was really fun to watch and you get the backstage thing and like 
the low ceilings at MSG were kind of cool to watch and like the way like Tess definitely lands hard on his elbow and the, the big the big thing. So I'd give it a little higher than that. But yeah, it's a, just a fun, quick match, you know, and more of a setup for what we're about to watch or see or talk about. Yep. So then um, WCW invades Madison Square Garden here tonight. You know, Vince McMahon's words uh, come back to bite him and they'll bite him again at the last segment of this show too. WCW superstar Mike Awesome comes comes up from behind and hits a power bomb on Rhino. First he hits him with like a lead pipe, and then he hits a power bomb or like an awesome bomb uh, on Rhino into a ladder. And he basically harasses and like grabs the referee and goes count. Mm-hmm. And the referee, because it's twenty four seven rule, the referee WWF referee Jimmy Corderas obliges, and he gives Mike Awesome the hardcore title. Um. It's good for shock value, Rocco, but I don't think he Mike Austin does not defend that hardcore title once, except when like he defends it and he loses to um you know Jeff Hardy and where that's gonna go. So the shock value of a WCW superstar winning a WWF title was great. And what better way than a 24-7 rule title of the hardcore division, you know, for a WCW superstar to win because they can pin that hardcore champion and they got the belt. So Mike Awesome is your new hardcore champion, but I don't think he defends it until he loses the title, basically, in a match. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, it, yeah, it, it's a really smart way to get that belt on him in this in this few, like like you said, the, the 24-7 rules. I, I think it was kind of strange because he didn't have the, I think it was a two-by-four. He didn't have it in his hands, and he's the way he's running is actually kind of comical. <laughs> and uh, he runs up and he grabs, like, the, the pipe or whatever, and then just whacks him with it. It's like... I feel like he should have just had the pipe in his hand because it's, it's a little clumsy where Rhino turns around. But for that that power bomb, for like I don't know, maybe he could have just hit him with the pipe because that power bomb looked fucking brutal. Um, Heyman never mentions Mike Awesome was a former ECW World Champion either, which I thought was interesting. No, because I think they wanted to like save um, save that, you know, because like he is like technically like he was signed with WCW right. at the end, you know, so. I don't even think they were playing into like ECW was uh, coming yet. I mean, maybe he came and could have dropped a hint like that, but like, I don't even think like they were really like they were uh, going with ECW at the time, you know? Right. Like it's like, it seems smart to be like, this is a former world champion, but it's like, that's not the story they're telling. They're telling this is a WCW guy. Yeah. Also Mike Awesome's voice does not fit to his, his body. No. <laughs> <laughs> So cool. Where's my yeah. <laughs> like what accent is that? I don't know where he's from, but yeah, uh, not the most intimidating vocal uh, guy. So uh, kind of why he never really talked before. No, <laughs> and it's sort of like, you know, like he, he, he comes in like with this thing and, you know, like this is like his only like true moment, you know, like of a whole month and a half, you know, of like, WCW superstars and this is Mike Awesome's like big break moment and it goes off the rail, it goes off the wagon a little bit, but again, that's for another time. But uh this is like Mike Awesome's like highlight of the W his WWF run right here. Yep, pretty much. His his WCW moment, it was his first one was his best one, and so was his WWF. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So now we go right into another matchup here. You know, I was ready to like hit that backstage button, but uh, now we go right into another match. It's a light heavyweight title match. It is Jeff Hardy versus X-Pac, a rematch from 
King of the Ring last night as well. A baseball slide to X Pac. X Pac drop kicks Jeff off the turnbuckle. That was amazing. Oh. Like Jeff flew when he did that. That was a really cool move. Yep, yeah. You know, like Jeff Hardy knows how to take falls, you know, and like Hell just, yeah, man. you know, like he learns to fall and he learns how to like sell it too, you know, because those falls are brutal. Yeah, that was really good, man. I was like, that's a made you worry for him for a second. Like, God damn, but he's so good at that, right? Just like you said. Yeah, he is. A powerbomb by X-Pac. Jeff counters a crossbody with a dropkick. Jeff counters a Bronco Buster by literally like giving a blatant low blow. But I guess it's where you have to aim, you know. So I guess the referee thought, oh, it hit his stomach. He's fine. You know, it's like clearly that's a low blow. Well, that's, Jeff, his, that, that's Jeff's specialty, the leg drop that doesn't hit the dick, the kick to the low. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like he's really good yeah, at that. Yeah, but he likes to like, you know, like <laughs> when, when he does it with the – Counter the Bronco Buster. It looks like you kicked him right in the nut and in the nards. Maybe that's what loosened up <laughs> Xbox's uh, asshole for that bump that he took a few years ago that killed it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we can blame Jeff Hardy for that. Yeah. So then Jeff misses a Swanton bomb, you know, and like it always hurts like when he does miss it. And then the, this is where the match sort of loses its heat, you know. Um, and like X Pod basically just covers Jeff with his feet on the ropes, you know. To, and uh, we have a new light heavyweight champion. Why couldn't they just give X Pod the two things? Why couldn't they give X Pod the title last night, King of the Ring? They really need Jeff Hardy to have a moment at King of the Ring and then lose the title on Raw. I mean, you know, oh, you never know what's going to happen on Raw, but nobody cared about the light heavyweight title. Even if X-Pac got his King of the Ring pay-per-view moment of winning the light heavyweight title, again, nobody cares. Yeah, and they literally don't even – there's nothing. at The match ends, and they just go to the – they just go to Vince in the back. They don't even make a big deal about it, the fact that he won the belt. So, yeah, like no. you said, just give it to him on the pay-per-view. If you have a little more time, you could actually celebrate it for a second. Yeah, for this, I gave it a star and a half because uh, – the way X-Pac wins the title took away the match from it. The X-Pac and Jeff Hardy styles really do match, you know, but just like the how X-Pac won uh, took it away from me. So in a star and a half, Rocco. I go a little higher, but I do agree the ending kind of blew, but the uh, the in-ring was so quick and nonstop. It was kind of like that, you know, what's the classic X-Pac five-minute match was uh, with Owen in the SummerSlam? That, like, you know, it's they were just so... There's so much going on, like it could have been really cool with a little more time and a little better finish. So, but I did enjoy watching it while it was happening. But for all the crazy bumps and shit they were doing, that's the finish is like, come on. And then they just yeah. cut to the back and they cut to the back. No one cares. <laughs> yeah. Plus, like, you know, everyone always has that Xbox heat at this time where it was like, go away. We don't like you, <laughs> you know. But Xbox basically gets to stick around for the whole 2001. So, at least the light heavyweight title gets some recognition as we head into the summer of 01, where things are going to turn up the heat with Xbox here as well. Then, and Jeff Hardy, too, you know, as uh, time goes on for both of them. So uh, they're, they got some good things coming ahead for them. Yeah, absolutely, man. Backstage, Mr. McMahon is pissed. Uh, Mike Awesome has won the hardcore title, so a WCW superstar, like you said has a WWF title belt. Stone Cold complains that Vince, Vince doesn't care about Stone Cold or that he retained the 
WWF title, like King of the Ring. Basically, he's like, you don't love me. You don't care that I had to fight off two men. You left me in the dust, basically, because you were angry at me. And you just don't care, you know. And uh, so Vince McMahon's like, I do care, you know, and everything. Like, you know, I'm going to make everything right right between us. So little uh, love and uh, love and everything for, uh, you know, Stone Cold and uh, Mr. McMahon here. Yeah, Vince is like real pot. Like Vince is real aggressive towards him at the beginning. And then Stone Cold checks him real quick. And he's like, yeah, no, 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 Vince, I, I really care. But he yeah. comes in hot at Austin, and he, that's this is isn't this where he says uh, Mike Awesome raped him of the title, which yeah, is, uh, like, yeah, which is a <laughs> kind of a classic Vinceism right there, um, right, right up there with leprosy. Uh, but yeah, I, he just backs down like a bitch immediately when Austin checks him. But uh, and then at the end, <laughs> but then at the end, they're all together, and uh, Austin's yeah. really feeling him. Austin's obs- obsessed with Vince. Vince is his new daddy, man. <laughs> yep. Then we get a recap of um, of Booker T interfering and uh, invading at King of the Ring, and um, I don't have them all, but uh, during the night we get um, we get a lot of um, MSG moments where it's like you know you see Bruno San Martino and how he sold out the Garden so many times, and then you have uh, Superstar Billy Graham. You go to um, the Iron Sheik versus. Uh, no, it was Pat Patterson and um, Slaughter. Slaughter at that uh, boot camp match. Notice how Vince McMahon, WWF producing, did not put anything of Hulk Hogan winning the title from Iron Sheik at the MSG. So maybe there's some uh, still some bad blood of uh, Hogan and McMahon. But I kind of thought that was funny, Rocco. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that because I didn't even realize, I didn't think about it when it was happening because I was very I thought those were really cool, but it's like. He's showing Billy Graham and he's not showing the Hulkster, you know, like it's like, all right, interesting. Not that Billy Graham didn't have a great run, but uh, yeah, it's kind of kind of interesting. I did like it, though. It really did set up this as a very important night for wrestling and really, sh- I think it like kind of shows like WCW's invading our house, you know? So, yep. and that's like, it's cool how they did it, but that is kind of funny that uh, Mr. Hogan's nowhere to be seen. Yeah, it's almost like the new mafia is coming. Like, you know, it's like the New York mafia. And now you got the New Jersey boys. Yeah, we're always coming for you. Yep. And of all the things for, uh, for Vince to show at WrestleMania, which is a good thing, you know, he shows Andre versus, um, you know, um, Big John Studd in the body slam match. But again, no Hulk Hogan and Mr. T versus Piper and Orndorff main event. So, Really good, funny things that they're not showing Hogan. Yeah, I like that. It's funny. I didn't even think about it. So now Big Show is backstage. He shows Trish Stratus his new T-shirt. Uh, he made it himself. It's pointing towards his, uh, you know, region, basically. Oh, it's a big show down there, it's like he says. And, tri- and, yeah, and Trish is like, good. points at your feet. It's like really good timing by her, just blowing him off a little bit. Yep. Ask uh, Trish if she wants to go to Europe with him. And she goes, oh, are we going to have separate rooms? He goes, yeah, we'll talk about that. But i got to go win the European title first. And it's like, Jesus. The big show has really fallen, especially uh, in 2001. It's almost like he's still in the doghouse for, uh, you know, 2000, like when he got, like, fired, kind of. And uh, he had to be sent back down to OVW, too. So I don't think they're, like, he's out of the doghouse yet. 
Uh, yeah, I would have not. I wouldn't have minded maybe some Big Show uh, European vacation, going like you know Big Ben Parliament kind of humor with him and Trish roaming around Europe. Uh, that might have been funny. <laughs> yeah, then we get uh, Stone Cold again, and with Vince McMahon uh, eating vegetables yeah. and come Kurt Angle. The veggie platter is just ridiculous. <laughs> Vince is proud of Kurt Angle for destroying Shane McMahon last night for competing in three matches. But Stone Cold says, um, Stone Cold says that um, that's not tough. You want tough? You go through uh, a triple threat match. And Kurt's like, I wrestled three times. What do you mean I'm not tough? So, and then Vince, um, Vince uh, invites Kurt Angle to stay, so he does. And he's awesome. like, Oh yeah, I'll stay, and I'll have some carrots and broccoli. And Vince, I don't know if you noticed, but Vince said, I wouldn't mess with the cucumbers. I do not know if that's a Undertaker cucumber joke that he's making there, but he definitely said, I would not mess with the cucumbers. <laughs> so I don't know if you caught that, but I was like, oh, shit, inside joke right there. Oh, man, I think that would be too inside for me <laughs> at the time. Yeah, so definitely. Now, so now we have Stephen Richards in the ring. Um he says that New York City is a cesspool, and the hometown hero comes. Uh, it's Taz. Nothing here, basically, just a segment, just so the fans can cheer at Taz. One suplex in the Taz mission. I gave this no rating. It's more of a segment than an actual match here. So this is just to like get some TV time and uh, get uh, the fans to cheer for uh, Taz as well. Yeah, I mean, great segment. For New York, huge pop for Taz, of course. Uh, Heyman called him the modern-day Bruno, which was a, a nice compliment. And once again, no mention of them being in ECW or anything like that, which we talked about before, maybe. That's uh, on purpose. But, you know, huge pop. And, uh, you know, it's just the New York crowd is going to eat this kind of shit up no matter what. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So then we have Commissioner Regal. He walks out with the King of the Ring uh, trophy. Um, and Stone Cold basically just does not want uh, Kurt Angle like in the locker room at all. <laughs> he's like, "Do we? Does he have to be here?" Yeah, Steve, he's gotta be here. He's gonna hang out with us. And Stone Cold's like, "I thought it was just gonna be us hanging." <laughs> like, <laughs> he's just like a teenager who's like got a new best friend, and like this new kid is an interloper, and he just can't get rid of him. It's great. And Stone Cold yeah. just stares at him with fucking daggers in his eyes. Yep. That's always great. Like, I love him. No, I want to hang out with him. No, you can't hang out with him. And Kurt's like, we got a lot in common, me and you, Stone Cold. It's so cool. It's like, nah, I don't think so, dude. Yep, yep. So now it's uh, Regal and Jerry. They come out and they present Edge with the King of the Ring 2001 trophy. Edge poses with the trophy and so do to Jerry Christian and uh, of Regal as well. They're doing like the duh. Santa. It's so weird. Like even Jim, I was like, "Why is Jerry posing?" He's like, "I don't know." <laughs> <laughs> then Christian, then Christian congratulates Edge, but tells the crowd that, "Oh, I should have been the King of the Ring Finals, but thanks to Shane McMahon, you know, I had to go through the Big Show and I had to go through Kane." So Christian is basically trying to make it all about himself, you know, um, planting the seed of like, you know, that Edge and Christian might be breaking up soon as well. Like, you know, he's always dropping like the the hints, you know, because Christian just doesn't stop complaining about things. It, it's interesting because they're doing this now, but that does not happen for a long time, right? Like, am it's I like crazy? A month, 
Yeah, no, no. It happens like in um, like the end of August uh, into September. Oh, they do. Okay, I'm my mistake. And then they I get know, back everyone together. Thinks that, yeah, well, well kind of like not really, but everyone thinks that like, oh yeah, you know, like it happened like years after. It's like no, it happened in like September of one, You know. <laughs> wow, yeah, that's a that's a memory that I kind of forget because I just I just yeah, I mean it's one of those things you just kind of always assume that uh, yeah, that's interesting to me. Um, yep. I mean, it's very, Christian is very over the top in his smarminess here, you know, like, uh, mm-hmm. but, uh, I, I definitely, uh, you know, it's, uh, it, it fits his character, right? Like he, he does that really well and he's so good at everything he does. Yeah. So now Billy Gunn comes out. Billy is mad. He wasn't in the tournament. He won the King of the Ring 1999 and, uh, he had a shoulder, uh, shoulder injury in 2000, but he wasn't even allowed to defend his title um in 19 in 2000 or uh being tournament in 2001 so he's mad and then um calls edge a talentless joke and then um edge calls billy a human vacuum cleaner you know because he sucks every sucks at everything basically and then um he calls (laughs) billy gun billy bitch cakes (laughs) <laughs> very very edge line i think bill he also says i won't billy gun this title which i don't know if you watch community but they start to use the friend britta as their friend and they they start using that as a way to say a failure so uh i don't know the show community might have ripped off edge in this because uh he started that idea way back when um they might have <laughs> and then uh billy challenges uh edge to a match so uh legal grants it so it'll be edge versus billy gun here I thought Billy Gunn so, looked pretty good here. He had, yeah. a good look. had a good look. He had some a solid hairstyle back in the day. Yeah, and uh, he always has, like, that new music. Like, you know, he doesn't have, like, Ass Man anymore. He's got, like, the little, like, rock and roll, sort of like ACDC guitar riff, uh, you know? Yeah. I just um, felt, like, felt like TNT was coming on. Down, 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 <laughs> down, down, down. <laughs> yep. Still didn't give him any more charisma, though. No. <laughs> well, now we have a uh, tag tag team title match uh, for the tag team titles. It's the Dudley Boys versus Undertaker and Kane. All men are brawling. Taker slams Bubba into the table. A flying clothesline uh, by Undertaker, and old school a clo- huge clothesline and a uh, old school by Undertaker to Bubba right lay drop to Devon. Sidewalk slam uh, to Devon. Clothesline off the top rope by Kane. Albert comes in and gives Kane a baldo bomb, and Devon pins Kane. For this match, it was fine. Um, I gave it uh, two. I gave it two stars. Uh, it was a good, solid tag team match, uh, you know. But again, uh, you know, it, it, it's fine for what it is. You know, good moves by the Dudley Boys. Good moves by uh, the Undertaker and Kane. But also, uh, you know, Albert comes in and, uh, you know, he has a feud going with uh, Kane as well here. So uh, two stars. It, it was it was good and uh, it's fine for what it is. Yeah, I mean, they, they kind of ate the Dudleys up a little bit, but uh, it doesn't, you know, they're, they're fucking Undertaker and Kane. That's what they do. Um, Bubba Ray and uh, Taker had some cool chemistry that I didn't expect. I kind of liked all this, the way uh, Bubba Ray was bouncing around for Taker in this. I thought it was pretty cool. Yep. So then, after the after uh, the match, uh, Undertaker choke slams Bubba Ray. 
and then like him and Sarah are doing a like pose basically like they're doing like the fists in the air and then all of a sudden Diamond Dallas Page comes out and uh, hits Undertaker with a chair and then Diamond Dallas Page rips out Sarah's hair so it's the Undertaker's fault basically because he gave um he gave Undertaker a uh, he gave Diamond Dallas Page a free pass uh to inter- to come to any show and uh, fight the undertaker. So it's on the undertaker basically. So he put his wife in harm's way and uh, Sarah got her hair ripped down here. Yeah. It was a good way to once again, like circumvent the fact that WCW is not allowed in the building is to say that taker invited him. So yeah, you're right. He, he did it, did it to himself. And if there's a madman looking for your wife, maybe don't just put your head down with your eyes closed and stand with your back exposed to the world, right? <laughs> yeah, but I thought Kane was going to come back out and uh, chase him off, but uh, no. Uh, I did, too, because he barely sold the fucking Baldo bomb. Like, as soon as he gets pinned, he jumped right the fuck up. I don't know where he went, though. Maybe he's maybe he was fighting the Dudleys and we didn't see it, but yeah. Like... <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, I mean, Ta- Sour Taker did throw some, uh, some Shane McMahon-X punches there to fend yeah. off uh, DDP, but, uh, yeah, yeah it's, 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 it was cool. I mean, it's still... It sets it up, you know, gives Pig Taker a reason to kill Page, but probably could have been done a little better. Yep. So now we have um, another uh, backstage segment here. Uh, we have Regal, who uh, <laughs> is trying to figure out who I didn't even know was on the show. I thought he was injured as well. But he's trying to figure out what to do with Chris Jericho because of the rumor that, oh, W whoever wins the WF title might go to WCW. So he's still having this feud from all the way from WrestleMania 17 with Chris Jericho. So he uh, to Jerry volunteers uh, to pin it, to take him on in a match. Up. So it'll be Jerry versus Jericho tonight as well. Yeah, it was cool to show. And Dave, uh, the, you know, the history from them, it's kind of, they're digging back. I, I thought to Jerry, I love to Jerry. He's one of my top, like one of my top, wrestlers of all time i just love everything he does he had a lot of fez from that 70s show vibes in this backstage segment for me just the way he's <laughs> acting i thought it was uh, a, uh, i don't know it just kind of cracked me up and i like i love this duo dude so anytime you show them in the back or any kind of segment i fucking love it so yeah cool. yep so now we have matt hardy versus the big show big show misses an l big show uh misses an elbow uh big show tosses matt onto the outside Matt slam shows hand into the steps, a press slam into the guardrail by Big Show. Big boo to Matt Hardy. Trish kisses Matt Hardy. Lita starts to fight with Trish. And then Lita out of nowhere just low blows the Big Show for the disqualification. Uh, for this match, Rocco, I want to star in a quarter. It was fine. Like, you know, it looked like the Big Show was just going to manhandle. But, uh, you know, we had to have, like, a little bit of a cat fight and, um, you know, and all this stuff. Uh, so it was fine for, like, what it was. Uh, I want to start in a quarter here. Yeah, I mean, the the good guy's girlfriend kicking the bad guys in the dick when he didn't even cheat, really, I guess. Like, kind of, besides, I guess, the kiss on Matt. So it's kind of a weird look for that whole uh, thing. But I guess, you know, they're just setting up a, a, to keep this feud going. Um, European title still holding on, but... Obviously, it means nothing. <laughs> well, neither does the light heavyweight title. Yes, I mean, yeah. I mean, the light, the light yeah, heavyweight I mean, title is Xbox baby, basically. Yeah. I mean, every match besides the Taz match has had a title in it, and none of them have seemed very important, unfortunately. 
Like the title is just there to have storylines happen around it, right? Yeah, but the hardcore title at least gave you like a little like yeah. surprise, like, oh my god, did you see what happened? Yeah, that's true. This is just like Yeah. Yeah. I guess it gives a joke about going to Europe for the big show, but yeah. yeah plus at least was, you need at least like cool. killer matches too, you know, like uh oh, we gotta do something, you know. Like uh, a lot of our guys are kinda like injured from last night and we gotta fill some spots out here. Yeah, and you got Trish and Lita on the show, so that's, you know, who could complain about that? Yep. So we go to WWF New York, and um, they said it was going to be Perry and Terry, but all of a sudden, Perry, Saturn, and Terry, but all of a sudden, uh, here comes the money starts to play, and it is Shane McMahon, and he is at WWF New York instead of Perry and Terry, which uh, I think makes a uh, better showing uh, than the two of uh, the two of them, you know? Yeah, it's a little bit bigger of a deal, don't you think? <laughs> <laughs> yep. So he um, he's mad that WCW can't get on TV. That was um, that was discussed, Rocco, because it looked like they were going to have WCW have its own show, but nobody wanted it really. So it was like, well, we'll just say that uh, Vince McMahon kept everyone from. Uh, having WCW on television, but the problem was that like they couldn't really land a deal down that they were trying to. So that's a little inside info as well. Yeah, I do remember that was a big deal. They were talking a late night Saturday slot, right? Maybe to have it be a late night like uh, Friday or Saturday show. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe be a little more I mean, I don't want to say adult oriented, but like ECW kind of story, like still like just to, well, I don't know, just have it be a little different. But yeah, kind of surprising that no one wanted it. But um, yeah, who knows? I'm surprised too. Yeah, I mean, so who then, knows if um, that's true? It could have just been so Vince McMahon being Vince McMahon and being like, eh, I don't care anymore. We'll just no. tell people no one wanted it. But we'll never. Know. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so now he says that it's now time for uh, WCW to invade the WWF. Shane introduces Booker T. Booker T is proud. He attacked uh, Stone Cold and challenges Stone Cold to fight Booker at WWF New York. Vince sends Stone Cold and Kurt Angle to fight Shane and Booker T at WWF New York. Yeah, Good Vince stuff. Is, yeah, Vince is uh, screaming how uh, he's like, I don't deserve that or something like that. He's really mad. And uh, it, it's interesting. Uh, they, uh, it's a cool little rallying the troops in the back kind of moment. I liked it. Yeah, you know, speaking of rallying the troops, uh, the Acolytes or the APA, they hold a meeting saying this is the WWF and they will not stand for uh, for WCW coming and invading, invading. They rally the troops to stand up and fight against WCW. Notice how it's the guys uh, who don't have their gimmicks anymore, basically. Like, you know, you have the good father and Bull Buchanan. You have Mang. Dude, it took, have... me, it took me forever to figure out who Bull Buchanan was when I was watching this. <laughs> you have Mang. You have uh, Kay Quick, who would become our truth You have um, Ravens. And looks like a lot of them are in, like, Hawaiian shirts, basically. And I think the Brooklyn Brawlers there. You got Al Snow and Hardcore Holly because – they're not doing anything. S.A. Rios was hanging out. I think Funaki <laughs> yeah. Taka was there. Yeah, the That's WWF right. jobber security is uh, hanging out. Yeah, and, uh, you know, led by the Acolytes, who I haven't seen on the show in for, like, a long time, you know. Um, they're leading the uh, the troops while the big boys are, uh, 
you know, doing their own thing. You know, they rather they they want to get TV time, so they're like, let's let's hold a meeting and rally our own troops. Yeah, yeah, um, you're gonna see a lot of this, I think, right, coming up. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and then uh, now we have um, Billy Gunn versus Edge. Punches by Billy, a spinning heel kick and a baseball slide by Edge, missile drop kick by Edge, spine busted by Billy. Billy slams Edge into the steps. Edge spears Billy and a flapjack. Christian accidentally hits Edge because, well, that's what they uh, always do. You know, Christian's always going to accidentally hit Edge. Billy hits Edge with a jackhammer, diving close in the di- diving clothesline. Christian gives Billy a backbreaker, and Edge gives the downward spiral. For this match, Rocco, I went two and a quarter. Uh, it was fine. I mean, you know, a good win for Edge, and uh, you know, to really show that Christian, you know, might make mistakes, but uh, Christian still has, uh, you know, Edge's back here. Yeah, it was interesting because they didn't. The announcers. It happened so often. The announcers didn't even respond when he hits them they were like oh my god he hit his boy they just kind of it was it was almost just like another move of the match and uh but then at the end he, he comes back so yeah just the uh, the constant uh christian being a, a little bitch uh and <laughs> stuff so you know good fun match yeah and then paul Heyman's like hey billy i got two words for you you lost <laughs> i did not pick up on that that's great yeah so uh you know a little uh shade from the old dx days there Vincent Deborah backstage, Stone Cold calls Vince, and uh, he calls Angle a dork. You know, he's like, ah, oh, there's traffic. He's like, Steve, calm down. There's always going to be traffic. Oh, I got this dork with me, Vince. <laughs> no, he's a dork. But you got to he's your backup. I think he calls him like a dangerous dork. He's a dangerous dork, though. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So then we have um, Jerry versus Christian. I mean, no, not to Jerry versus Chris. To Jerry versus, to Jerry versus Chris Jericho. Sorry about that. Yeah. Um, well, you know, the fans are always going to – fans will always chant ECW. Um, you know, they were chanting ECW here because they remember to Jerry and Chris Jericho's little sting in ECW as well. Punches in a clothesline to, to Jerry. Jerry kicks Jericho. Jericho gets distracted by Regal and gets turned – gets, uh, you know, kicked in the face. Hard chops to both men. Spinning heel kick to Jericho. Missile drop kick to Jericho's head. Clotheslines by Jericho. The missile drop kick to, to Jerry to the outside. Powerbomb to, 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 to Jerry. But then uh, Regal pulls out the referee and uh, he tries to, like, hold uh, Jericho. But then to Jerry accidentally hits Regal with the green mist. And uh, Jericho ducks, and then Jericho hits a lion saw uh, to, to to Jerry for the win here. For this, I went two and a half. Uh, it was really good, you know, a little bit short on the side here, but a really good, awesome uh, matchup here between uh, to Jerry and Chris Jericho. So I went two and a half on it. I would definitely go higher. I don't think I could do any to Jerry match less than three. And if there's green mist in a match, I'm almost oh, guaranteed four for me. So uh, <laughs> I'm a mark for that. Um, and the post match apologies from Tajiri to uh, to Regal were really great after he missed him. Uh, Tajiri's just begging, begging him not to uh, be still be his friend. It was really cool. I enjoyed that. But once again, the match was really quick. 
but they did a lot in it. So I, I like matches like that. Um, um, I have Chris Jericho's book where he rates all his matches. And uh, this one, Chris Jericho gave four stars himself, just so you know. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And he's not, he doesn't just give four star matches to matches with Miss, so he definitely has a high opinion of this match. Yeah, I think he had a high, high opinion on to Jerry, too, which I do as well, you know. I, he, he was uh, really good for, uh, you know, the W for the WWF, but not like WWF in 1997. Like, like he had to go to ECW first to step onto the WWF because if you saw him in 97, he is green as grass when they're trying to get that light heavyweight title uh, tournament. He goes away to ECW and then he comes in here. So it was good on Jerry to go to ECW first. Yeah, it gave people, since he was such a badass and a killer and had such, I mean, he had some of the best matches of 1998, I think, with uh, Little Guido and Super Crazy. I love those ECW matches. And he had such a pedigree that even when he came to the Fed and was started doing this comedy stuff, I think he had people knew how good he was. And when he was given a match like this, he always delivered. So he could do the comedy and then do a match like this, it, like, a, like a Kurt Angle to a lesser extent, where he could do all that comedy. But as soon as he got in the ring, he was a fucking killer. The comedy was over. And I always fucking like shit like that. So Yep. So now Mr. McMahon comes to the ring again. Um, he says uh, Madison Square Garden will never be the same. MSG has been soiled on, says Stone Cold and Kurt Angle will beat up Shane and Booker T at uh, WWF New York. So they pull up um, the video of, uh, you know, Stone Cold and uh, Kurt Angle uh, entering WWF New York. But then um, the security guard says they left, you know, so the uh, Stone Cold's like, oh, well, they're scared. And uh, Vince McMahon says, oh, yeah, Booker T is scared of Stone Cold Steve Austin. However, Shane McMahon comes out to the ring, and, you know, Paul Heyman's like, JR? So, um, you know, like, they're really shocked that Shane McMahon decided to show up to the to the ring at Madison Square Garden. And then Booker T comes into the ring. Vince McMahon slaps Booker, and then Booker T gives Vince McMahon a scissors kick. So Vince McMahon is down, and Booker T runs out with Vince. And um, the WWF superstars, they uh, chase him. So uh, the fight is kind of on because, you know, Booker T got one on Vince McMahon himself. Yeah, did not expect that. Um, <laughs> the fucking axe kick to Vince. Vince, uh, maybe one of the best sells he could do because all he has to do is fall on his face. So <laughs> one of the rare... Times he uh, kind of nails selling a move, and uh, book book got him, man. He definitely clobbered him. Um, the one thing about this feud, and I think you could agree with this, is we could as you've gone through this, and I don't know when you were first watching it, is the dynamics are weird, right? Because Vince is a bad guy, but the WWF itself is good, and the security guys have good and bad guys in it, but they're good. But they're at the end, they're chasing away Booker, who is a good guy, but WCW is the bad. Like, it's such a you know what I'm saying? Well, How it's very yeah. convoluted and like who's the bad and who's the good and who are we rooting for? And I think that is one of the the biggest threads that kind of is confusing during this time, right? Yes. It's not until later that, you know, you realize, oh boy, well, now we know who the uh, real bad guys are here. Right. And like, it's like Booker's so over kind of, but like he's being chased, like, but the, the WWF is... Yeah, it's just it's just a lot of like 
figuring out. And it's, it's cool. Like it makes you think a little bit, but it's a, it could get a little messy, right? Yeah, because it's like, oh, well, we want to see Vince McMahon get his ass kicked, you know, because uh, he uh, he turned Stone Cold against us. But, um, you know, he's a WCW guy, and they're trying to tell the story that WCW is the bad guys and WWF is the good guys, you know. Right. To them, right, yeah. But, like, also, like, we like Shane, and we wanted Shane to take out Vince. But, yeah, so it's, it's a lot of shit going on. <laughs> yeah, it is. But that's going to do it for uh, the Raw side of things. Uh, we have now uh, moved on to uh, SmackDown on June 26, 2001. We're back again at Madison Square Garden. You know, kind of like these combo shows. You know, you get to go to both of them if you really want to. You know, maybe you can get like a, like maybe they do sell like combo tickets like, oh, Raw. And you get to go back to SmackDown on uh, Tuesday night for the Thursday Thursday night showing here as well, you know? Yeah, it's it's really cool the way they do it. Like, it really just feels like a big event that you're a part of, you know? And they really, yeah, I, I really liked it. I, I didn't expect it. I didn't know that was this show. And uh, very cool. Very cool. I that. mean, you could have done Raw probably at, like, the Pepsi set, Pepsi Arena, at, like, Albany, in Albany if you wanted to, you know? Um, I mean, like, if, but I think they just wanted to, like, collect, like, you know, big, uh, Big sellouts here, but I mean, it wasn't hard to sell out WWF at the time. But uh, I'm kind of glad they did back-to-back Madison Square Garden shows. Yeah, and like for Madison Square Garden, like logistically, like since it's such a teamster place, like breaking down that stuff and putting it back is kind of very expensive. So just doing two shows like this is probably, you know, in a whatever behind-the-scenes stupid way, yeah, that that no one really cares about, it does make economical sense probably to stay there in a way if they didn't have anything else booked, but. It just was cool. I did. It was weird that they didn't do the big Madison Square Garden tribute stuff on this show, though, right? Only on the Raw. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I guess you can like you only need to do it like one time, basically. It was like, yeah, let's just do it on Raw, you know? Yeah, I mean, SmackDown is like had a little more going on and certain uh, stuff too. So yeah. Yep. So now we uh, we do have uh, Miss. Like again, we started off like we did on Raw. Vince comes out and. He says it smells in Madison Square Garden. You know, this is where he says, "Oh, it smells like the Nassau Coliseum." Was that oh, it? I yeah. that, oh, I fucked that up. I thought that was. I no, it. yeah, I believe that. Uh, he says WCW soiled the arena, <laughs> and says he's not proud to be at the Garden anymore. Nice. Um, he also says that he's doing the fans a favor by not giving WCW a television show and. Uh, for not having, uh, for not allowing the WCW superstars uh, in WWF shows as well. So naturally, Linda McMahon comes out, you know. And I always liked the uh, Linda McMahon pops because she always meant like, oh, well, she's gonna turn the tables on somebody, you know. And uh, like, especially at this time, like with the uh, with the whole thing. Um, you know, like of the divorce thing, like every time she was involved, you know, she was always sticking up for the baby faces and she's always playing like the best baby face here as well. You know, someone to stand up to Vince McMahon. Yeah. Linda Mania with her WrestleMania music is always a, you know, it was a special occasion. (laughs) Yeah. uh She comes down instead of Shane McMahon. Linda says, uh, Linda knows that Vince doesn't mean the, mean anything that uh he said about madison square garden she knows that he loves this um this 
arena and that there are so many moments now, but this moment really sticks out to Linda. And she plays the moment. I didn't even know this was at Madison Square Garden. This is funny. Uh, the moment where last year Vince McMahon wants a divorce from Linda. Yeah, that was. Oh, that was an icing on the cake, basically. A really great use of old footage here, right? Like, just once again, I forgot that that was. I, I don't even think I ever real, realized either that was at Mania. So, yeah, really great use. And the, the crowd is fucking loving that, man. Yeah, you know, like, oh, yeah, you know, like, here you have some historical footage. Oh, this is really great history. Uh, you asked for a divorce. <laughs> he, he probably would rather see that than any Hulk Hogan footage at this point, too. Yep. <laughs> he says that uh, Vince McMahon has changed um, and that uh, he still loves Linda. Linda suggests that WCW matches take place on Raw and SmackDown. Vince McMahon goes, oh, hell no. And so Linda starts baiting Vince and goes, well, are you afraid of friendly competition? And are you afraid of WCW superstars, Vince? Are you afraid of your own son? So she then, you know, they she says, let's change fully loaded to invasion. WWF versus WCW. And at this point, Vince is like, you're on. Yeah, uh, another thing I didn't remember was that fully loaded, that invasion was fully loaded. I did not remember that until I watched this. So that's a cool little piece of history that I, I kind of forgot about. And yeah, and, um, you know, between um, the, um, like, uh, in between, like, you know, pay-per-views and stuff, too, uh, you know, like on Raw's uh, in early May and, uh, you know, early June, like, oh, fully loaded. It's like, oh, well, now we can't put fully loaded. Now it's called Invasion. I wonder if it was still fully loaded on the uh, tickets or, like, you know, they they were like, well, it's going to change anyway. Just put Invasion on the tickets, too, you know? Oh, yeah, and the old poster. Usually posters for those are, are way before, so there might be some fully loaded posters, 2001, that exist that just kind of, you know, just became Invasion, right? Because they, they do those months in advance a lot of times, so. That'd be interesting to find, yeah, if there's a ticket or something that has it listed like that. Yeah, and then um, also, um, I, I think, though, like, I don't know how long this uh, storyline was going to go for. You know, Linda being on Shane McMahon's side would have been uh, awesome. That, like, you know, Linda's, like, the benefactor for uh, WCW and is working for uh, Shane McMahon. But, like, you know, we all know that, like, that doesn't happen. But, like, it did seem like, they were going in that route, you know, like maybe Steph would have uh, gone back to uh, dead being daddy's little girl, you know, but yeah, uh, it like, didn't seem that way. Yeah, like if Linda was like Vince was to ECW, right? Kind of like if she was mm -hmm. the benefactor, that kind of, yeah, be, uh, that would have been interesting. And a lot of people give Linda shit, but I thought she was fine here. I always, I didn't, I know she's not, you know, she's kind of, people say stiff or whatever, but. Yeah, that's just her character, you know, and I I don't know. I thought she was really good here. Especially. I think they also, because it's like, oh, Linda's stealing the show. It's like, yeah, but every time Linda comes out, she always has like a really great announcement. She delivers it really well here as well. Yeah, it's important when she comes out, right? So, yeah, it is. A, and she's just a, a, a normal woman. She's not an actress or an entertainer. So if you put me no, in front of no. 20,000 people, there's no way I could do half as good of a job as she does as a up, up there, man. So then again, the uh, yeah. So now backstage, the WWF superstars are backstage for another APA rally. Bradshaw this time 
stations WDF superstars to beat up anyone who is WCW. So they have their territories marked, and uh, he's got them all stationed around, basically. Yeah, right. Imagine just being a random, like, Paul Orndorff just shows up to, like, hang out at the show, and he gets his ass kicked by fucking Funaki. It's like, hey, you're WCW. Yeah. It's like, dude, I got I broke my neck in WCW. Don't hit me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So this time they got it like all planned out. Like, you know, they got them stationed as well. But that'll backfire on them, you know, as we go, go through the night here. Edge and Christian take on Billy Gunn and X Fox. So, you know, a little DX reunion here. X Fox and Edge start off, scoop, scoop slam to X Fox. Spinning heel kick to Edge. Billy hits the ring post. Huge clothesline by Billy to Christian. Bronco busted to Christian. Power bomb by Christian. And a hurricanrana to Billy Gunn. And then a downward spiral by Edge to X-Pac for the win. For this match, I went two and a quarter. It was, it was good. Uh, you know, not a lot from Christian here. You know, he sends he like his butt kicked. And he just comes in for like that one spot of... Uh, getting uh you know like saving and like you know saving um edge uh, edge here but uh you know it's all about edge edge like really steals the show again you know but uh for what it was it was a uh, two and a quarter and uh you know they don't call it the education yet they call it the downward spiral oh uh, yeah the uh he's in the nine inch nails kind of terminology still um xbox spin kick is always great it was great to use on uh no mercy and wrestlemania 2000 as well um the one thing the one thing christian does is he does that dean malenko fireman's carry into the gut buster which is fucking mm-hmm. awesome that someone's doing that after dean's gone but uh, uh x-pac and billy gunn is a really interesting tag team right like i really kind of was watching it and kind of thinking if that was the new age outlaws with like road dog as a manager i know you, you don't want to change history because uh, his history was pretty great but there's something there, I think. There's something there in a Billy Gunn Ed, X-Pac as a tag team, I think, that could have well, been. Well, it was always like Road Dog and X-Pac when Billy was on the side as well, you know? And, like, yeah. when Billy went heel, it was always X-Pac and Road Dog, you know, keeping uh, DX alive, too. Yeah, I feel like if, if they did it the opposite way. I don't know, mm-hmm. just Big Billy and then, like, you know, X-Pac selling like a motherfucker and then Billy Gunn coming in with the hot tag. Like, I don't know. It just, I just kind of uh, piqued my interest when I was watching this. Yeah, so now we have Stone Cold. He is backstage. He says that he would have kicked Booker T's ass. <laughs> and then Stone Cold says that WCW matches need to happen on WWF television. And when Vince goes, why? Stone Cold whisper in his ear, which I think is a good idea. Because, like, after that, he's like, oh, it's going to happen. You know, like, we're going to have um, we're going to have WCW matches on. Raw and SmackDown, but I think what he's trying to say is that if we have them, you know, Booker T might come and wrestle, and that's when I can get my hands on them. So it's good for the WWF because now if WCW matches happen, then the WWF can interfere and kick their asses, you know? Yeah, and, you know, the fact that we don't exactly know means, uh, you know, it weaves a little intrigue into the, the whole thing. Yep that it took Stone Cold to change his mind and that Linda, like, he said no to Linda. <laughs> I did I did love how Vince walked in and he goes, hey, like, he's so happy to see Steve and Steve is so fucking angry. <laughs> it's, like, it's like Vince, once again, like he's just, uh, he's not good at reading Stone Cold's emotions at first. Yep. 
So then uh, we we go we go to another backstage segment. It's Molly Holly and Spike Dudley. Well, Molly thanks uh, thanks Spike for uh, taking her to go see the Statue of Liberty, and then Perry Saturn comes in out of nowhere and says, "Sponges are beautiful because they get all soapy." And it's like, okay, thanks Perry for that knowledge. And then Crash Holly comes and uh, you know still has. Uh, he was Spike for uh, going out with his cousin, and um, he challenges Spike and Molly to a tag team match along with Jacqueline. So they accept. So it's going to be Spike and Molly versus Jacqueline and Crash. It's an interesting uh, combination of people, right there, man. Yep. A recap of DDP attacking the Undertaker and Sarah, and then we get this. I want to say it's an awkward interview. <laughs> I think. I think. You, I think you missed. I think you nailed it there, kid. You this nailed is, it. This is bad. I, well, I can't say it's bad, but like Jim Ross interviews the Undertaker, like, and but it's Sarah talking the whole time. She's like, "Yeah, I'm not afraid of DDP. I'm traumatized." Yeah, Jr. You know, like that man came in and he cut my hair. He ripped my hair, you know, and like, you know, he stalked me and blah, blah, blah. And she's basically like, Diamond Dallas Page, you're going to die, you know. Like, you got a death wish, and my husband's going to um, fulfill your death wish as time come, comes out, when the time comes. She always refers to Undertaker as Mark, you know. Like, I feel that Taker was rolling his eyes like, Sarah, you can't do that. He made sure to have his neck tattoo very prominent as he held his head back and it said Sarah on it too. So lots of uh, real first names used. Uh, the most awkward thing to me was JR literally opens the interview going, you must feel traumatized and violated. <laughs> it's like, all right, yeah. he's into it, motherfucker. Jesus, dude. Yeah. But uh, she, then... does have, she does have a good line where she says everyone is more famous when they're dead, which I thought was pretty cool and plays into his thing. But uh, just a strange interview where Mark, he's like rubbing his leg the whole time and like smacking yeah. it and like twitching, like he's doing like the rock thing when the rock's dick gets all excited. So he, I get yeah. the thing is he's like, I don't want to sit down for this interview. It's like, well, you didn't have to go, dude. Don't worry about it. <laughs> but yeah, uh -huh. interesting little part of the show. Yep. And then Undertaker's like, oh, are we done? And he just gets up and leaves. Like his, his, his only line. <laughs> yeah. So then, um, Oh, man. So then uh, Kurt Angle comes in. He shakes Vince's hand. And then Stone Cold gives Vince a hug. He's like, oh, I can't have Kurt Angle get yeah. the last, uh, you know, little thing with uh, Vince. I got to take it. So then Kurt is wondering, and he does this the whole night, what would have happened if Booker T and Stone Cold crossed paths? Kurt says uh, Booker T is in the building, or he might be in the building. So Angle is really instigating uh, a fight between Stone Cold and Booker T here. Yeah, and I like Vince. He's, at one point, Vince says, I think I could I could kick Booker T's ass. It's like, Vince, what are you doing? Like, he's so bad at understanding that like Stone Cold is insane right now with jealousy of everybody. And he's like, yeah, uh, I think I could have kicked Booker's ass. It's like, oh, man. And Austin with that hug on Vince as soon as he shakes his hand, which happens later and even better, but so good. Such a good one. Such a good move. Mm -hmm. So now we have Kane versus Albert. It's for the Intercontinental title match, and it's a no-disqualification match. Both men are throwing punches at each other, and I want to point this out, that Teddy Long, when Albert has Kane in the in the corner 
and starts punching him. Teddy Long starts counting to five, but it's no disqualification. Why are you <laughs> counting to five? Like, I don't think anyone told Teddy Long this is no disqualification. And then Teddy Long goes into it, like, like checks his earpiece. And I bet you someone was like, it's no disqualification. Teddy's like, oh, my bad, player. How look. Yeah. Oh, oh, he just, uh, you know, I guess maybe when you uh, check the board to see what matches you're doing, maybe you forgot to look at the steps on that one. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. Happens sometimes. Always interesting to see Teddy Long as a ref in this era where I just kind of, it's like the forgotten era of him as like being hired as a ref and good on him to get his way back up to being a uh, the general manager because he's fucking awesome. Yep. So then a scissors kick by Albert, clothesline by Albert, Kane slams Albert into the steps. Albert hits Kane with the ring bell. Kane Hurricanas. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I had no idea what was happening. I was so surprised when I saw that. <laughs> Albert uh, counters a, a choke slam, fly clothesline by Kane, and then a choke slam to Albert again. This time he nails it. But then Diamond Dallas Page gives Kane a diamond cutter, and then a Baldo bomb by Albert for the win. For this match, Rocco, I went three stars, and we have a new Intercontinental Champion, Albert. So I went three stars on this match. Dude, hell yeah. This was a fucking fight, right? Like, I did not... Kane is, you know, Kane was never one of my guys, and Albert is a guy that I, I've liked parts of, but this is this was amazing. <laughs> like, I love that Kane is out first. Like, he stops Albert before he even gets to down the ramp, you know, because, you know, he got... It was a thing. He came out and fucked them up last week. So I thought that was cool. But that that Hunan Karana was amazing. He just ran up, jumped into his face. Albert caught him, which was great. And I thought it was really cool because Kane was punching Albert in the face while he was up there to really sell that he was working this thing. And I thought this was really cool. I totally agree, man. This was a surprise. I don't know if this surprised you as much as it surprised me, but I I love this shit. And that Baldo bomb was super high up there, too. Like Kane got up there on that. So great Haas fight, man. Yep, and then uh, we go backstage. Uh, Vince McMahon blames Undertaker for giving DDP a hall pass, uh, you know, an all-access pass to uh, the uh, WWF event. So it's I thought you meant it was a, like a hall pass, like he could fuck his wife, like that uh, movie. <laughs> <laughs> wow, a different, kind, a different kind of hall pass. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so then, um, you know, he's like, oh. It's Undertaker's fault, you know. I'm sorry for Kane, but uh, it's on Undertaker. So it's basically the Undertaker's fault because he let DDP in the building and DDP caused Kane the Intercontinental title. So now we have a tag team tag team title match, and it is a table match. It is the classic Hardy Boys versus Dudley Boys. Um. So again, like, you know, a brawl breaks out, and then surprisingly during this table match, they're actually tagging each other, which doesn't make sense. Cause it is a tables match. Yeah. I mean, you can't get disqualified for throwing someone through a table, but you can get disqualified for being in the ring over the fire. Like that, the count, like, yeah, once again, oh, yeah. The, weird, the weird, the weird stipulation uh, stuff is always a little bit of a pain in the ass to watch when you're just like, come on. Sidewalk slam. Sidewalk slam and diving leg drop to Jeff. And then the what's up bomb, what's up dive to Devon. I mean, uh, by Devon to Jeff. A whisper in the wind by Jeff. A leg drop to Devon. Bubba tosses Jeff and clotheslines Matt. 
Bubba misses like that. Uh, I call it the ass dive, you know, because he always lands like right on his ass, basically. <laughs> um, yeah, he doesn't. I don't know what his purpose. Like, if he ever hits that, what's he trying to do, right? I don't know. Just squish his opponent, I guess. You know, it's like when it's like Kurt Angle missing the moonsault every time. You know, he's just not going to land it. If he does, he breaks somebody's arm. Just a flying nothing. Yeah. Swanton. Um, um, but then a hurricanrana to Bubba by uh, Lita. Lita gives uh, Bubba Ray the uh, hurricanrana. Swanton bombs Devon into the table. So Devon gets eliminated. And then Bubba Ray like backdrops Jeff to the outside into a table. So he's eliminated. Then Rocco, all of a sudden, Chuck Palumbo and Sean O'Hare, the WCW Tag Team Champions. That's right. They interfere, and, you know, the match is basically just thrown out, you know. And, um, like, they do, like, their, like, super kicks, and uh, they do, like, the senton. Sean O'Hare does the senton bomb to, to uh, Matt Hardy. So it looks like, you know, that these these guys here, you know, they can – they really showed what they can do, you know, like with uh, Sean O'Hare doing the leap, you know, and, uh, you know, the kicks and everything. So I guess the WCW Tag Team Champions, you know, not only are they interfere like they're invading, but they're also trying to be like, hey, you know, we can do this, too, you know, as well. So like, I feel like this is like personal. It's like, you know, we got to show uh, Vince in the WWF that we can be here, you know. Yeah, I mean, the natural born throwers come out and thrill. Um uh yeah i mean it was it was cool and it gets really chaotic after that where the well i guess you could tell everyone what happens next but yeah it was cool to see them there's it's unfortunate because that was such a nothing match you have these two classic teams just to be a backdrop for this right so it's a little bit of disappointing to just get a couple moves for moves sake and jeff hardy taking an insanely dangerous bump just for them to come out and wreck it right and they don't even it just well. Go ahead. You can finish. What happens next? Yeah, I know. For this, I would give it like two stars, you know, because like I mean, like that's all you really get. Like I mean, you get like the like the jumps and stuff, but we don't have a clear winner, and it just goes to another WCW segment as well. Yeah, but, they don't um, even they don't even say like the match was thrown out or like we're not we can't yeah. finish it because like Devon and what happened to Devon and Matt? <laughs> Where were yeah. they? Like they were still well, around. Devon like, was already eliminated. I so mean, what happened to Bubba? And Bubba and that, yeah. yeah. So, but like, yeah, they were, they were still. Trying. Did they start beating up O'Hare? I didn't see what happened, so I don't know. Oh yeah, they got they kicked the like uh, uh I think uh, Bubba got kicked in the face by uh, Chuck Palumbo, and then um, Sean O'Hare gave uh, the senton bomb oh, right. to um, to Matt. So they, so, just, then the, so they just powdered out of there and just let the yeah. uh, shit happen. So the WWF's uh, troops, uh, you know. Well, guys, you don't have a match on the shows and are usually the Sunday Night Heat segment. They come out and they start uh, trying to uh, chase them. And then the APA and the rest of the guys, they meet um, w- the WCW Tag Team Champions. Um, and they sneak up from behind them and beat them up, too. Rhino gores O'Hare twice. And then a powerbomb to O'Hare and Palumbo while into the tables by the, uh, by the APA. And then, like, uh, during the break, the APA kick out uh, Palumbo and O'Hare, too. But not before the damage is done. So, uh, you know, it was a good, uh, good segment here uh, from, uh, the, from the guys as well. 
Yeah, I mean, Rhino was a fucking monster. He was goring the shit out of those dudes, like, on the outside. I thought he almost killed, uh, what's his face? I think it was Jindrak, who looked like he almost fucking hit the steps. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, it was O'Hare, yeah. Jindrak yeah. wasn't here, it's O'Hare, yep. Oh, my bad, yeah. And uh, Holly, oh, that's weird, I forgot that, that's an interesting thing. Um, Holly and JBL being in the ring together, and I looked down, and I was just like, man, is this, this might be another, like, Matt Capitelli situation. So those poor dudes are about to get their fucking ass kicked. Luckily, there was no gross... Uh, bully bullshit going on but yeah what a pretty wild segment one of the the cooler uh uh sunday night heat i like that as an idea for a faction the sunday night heat security <laughs> coming in and uh, <laughs> taking out the thrillers yeah man you got the good father and got bull buchanan and who else you need throwing funaki okay the, the true uh the true leader of the group funaki and uh yeah the snhs yep. the sunday night heat security <laughs> So now you have Crash and Jacqueline versus Spike and Molly. Side, sidewalk slam to Molly. A head scissor takedown by Spike. Crash throws Spike to the outside. And Jackie throws him into the steps. Molly gives Crash a bulldog. Spike throws Crash into Jackie. And then the Molly go round for the win. Uh, so Molly pins uh, Jacqueline here. For this, I want to start in a quarter. Yeah, it was all it was all right, you know. Not a whole lot uh, between uh, Jacqueline and Molly, you know. It was mostly like up to um, you know, Crash and Spike to carry the matchup here. So, uh, but a star and a quarter, quarter here. And those how on SmackDown we had three back to back matches. Yeah, big difference with how Raw was paced out. Yeah, definitely. Um, I like this like combination. Spike, uh, I think Spike gave Crash a great present because he slingshotted Crash's face right into Jackie's pussy on the top rope. Ooh. I thought that was really good. I- interesting that it was a intergender match, right? Not a mixed tag. Like very rare intergender match in the WWF. I I guess just so you could have uh, Jackie do her shit and just kill Spike, who's always willing to take a fucking beating, but kind of calling back to her WCW days. Uh, so I thought that was kind of cool that they let her kick the shit. It was kind of just an advertisement for Tough Enough, right? Like, because Taz was just talking oh, yeah. about Tough Enough the entire time and how tough they are. So kind of just a match that existed to show how tacky, tacky. Jackie is a tough chick. Yeah, because uh, Crash goes, well, I heard that you were talking bad about Jackie on uh, from, like, you know, how she's not tough enough and all this other stuff, too. And Taz also, during the night, is like, Cole, I'm sorry I wasn't here for you uh, last, uh, the last SmackDown when you got your ass kicked by Stone Cold. I'm sorry about that, Cole. Yeah, yeah, setting up uh, a little bit later, too. Yep. So then, um, then uh, Jacqueline beats up Crash as well, so, uh, because she's like, you don't tell me what to do. Nobody does. Then Kurt Angle is trying to determine who would win in a fight between Booker T and Stone Cold. Um, someone from WCW wants to see Mr. McMahon. And when we come back to commercial, uh, they think it's Booker T, so they try and sneak up. It is not Booker T at all. It is Tori Wilson. So we see a Tori Wilson appearance here. And... Mr. Man asks for privacy. He's like, well, I want to talk. I want to hang out with you guys. He's like, no, I just want to be alone. It's like, well, Mr. Man, I'm good. I, I can help you uh, negotiate with Tori, too. It's like, Kirk, get out of here. Yeah, Austin's like, I'll check my calendar. 
too when uh, Vince is like, oh yeah, and this, yeah, it was a really funny fucking segment with these dudes. Where Vince now Vince is so not into the Booker T thing at all. He's forgotten that was even a thing. He's like, yeah, you guys deal with that shit. Uh, I got to deal with this right now. Yep. So now we get um, you know, again another um, William Regal and Tajiri segment backstage. Um, he's like. Oh, to Jerry, I can't get any of this out of my eye. Like, how, how do I not look ugly? And he's like, no, no, you look good, Regal. <laughs> you can see across the face, like, he's still green, like, green with envy in the eyes, you know? Yeah, that was a very cool uh, little segment there and a little callback to the Y2J uh, coming up with the T-humor, yep. Yep. So then, uh, like, you know, again, like, he puts uh, Jericho in another match. This time it's a tag team match. But um, actually, Jericho asked in the tag team match, and Regal's like, well, Crispin Walk's in the hospital. He's not coming back for like six months. He goes, oh, I'll find a, I'll find a tag team partner. Yeah, I like that Regal <laughs> thinks that he doesn't, he won't be able to find any human being on the planet to help him out. Yeah. Also, also, Tajiri speaks English in this, which is kind of interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know in real life, he apparently always spoke English. And yeah, never. that was the joke. <laughs> yeah. There's a really funny shoot interview with uh, uh, Nova and I think little Guido and they're at a diner and they filmed him secretly ordering at like an IHOP. <laughs> and he has this really <laughs> long order, perfect English. <laughs> yep. And then they see the camera and he's like, st- just turns right back at the only Japanese. Really funny. That's one of the reasons, <laughs> one of the reasons I love that man. So, <laughs> so now we have um, here, we have Big Show versus Perry Saturn. Um, this is like, um, this is basically just to get Trish and Terry out here, Terry out here as well, you know, but also it's like, it's a squash match, you know, Big Show goes to work on Perry Saturn, a drop kick to Big Show off the rope, Big Show throws Perry Saturn to the outside, Trish steals the mop, then Trish and Terry, Trish and Terry starts a fight, a choke slam by the Big Show for the win. For this match, I gave it a star. It is a squash, basically. It's nothing. Yeah, I mean, it's an excuse to have the cat fight, and uh, yeah, pretty much. I mean, it was kind of cool how they made it. Like, oh, during the break, this happened. It was like a neat way to get the match made without just throwing him out there with zero. But uh, I do, I do love when Big Show falls with the choke slam. Do you like that, or do you like when he stands up the whole time? Like, um, I, mi- I like when he falls too. Yeah, like I missed that. I thought like he did that more in WCW. I feel like that's a thing where maybe Vince didn't like the way it looked, but I always thought it was really cool the way he would fall and just crush the guy with his hand. So I like to see that here too. And Pat Saturn goes up real high for him. Yep. William Regal. Now we have William Regal and Jerry versus Chris Jericho. And so Chris Jericho says, you know, I couldn't find anybody out in New York City, so I found the worm instead. And we have a returning Scotty 2 Hottie, uh, who was out with a uh, fractured ankle um, during a matchup with Kurt Angle. So Scotty 2 Hottie is on the shelf here uh, for like a little while. And what better way to come back uh, than to New York City and uh, team up with Chris Jericho? Yeah, I mean, I did not remember this as uh, the surprise guest, and it was awesome, man. Like, uh, like Even- God... <laughs> Yeah, even I was just like, uh, who's Jericho going to have a tag team match with? And who's his partner going to be? Does anybody know? Yeah, it's one of those things that if you saw it on paper without the idea of it being a surprise partner and not knowing Scotty was away, you might be like, that's an interesting, like, okay. But then you, like, watch it and the crowd fucking loses their mind. So it's it's perfect. And it just shows that, like, a, a really loved guy coming back at just the right moment could seem really big and important. Yep. 
Scotty and Tajiri start off. Drop kick to Tajiri. A spinning heel kick to Jericho. Tajiri kicks Scotty and Regal. Tajiri kicks Scotty and Regal goes to work on him. DDT to Regal. Regal accidentally hits Tajiri and Jericho throws him out. The worm to Jerry for the win. For this matchup, I um I went a star and a quarter. I don't think it was Jericho's uh best work here, you know. Um, but like I think they just need like a short, simple like tag team match and uh, get the get a little pop in for um for Scotty and turn out to be a big pop, you know. But uh not that really much uh from the from these guys here, you know. Like it felt like the time was short a little bit. So I went a star and a quarter. Yeah, I mean it was Kind of just a squash, right? Other than Tajiri getting some really good kicks in, they yep. pretty much squashed the shit out of him. Uh, Jericho went for his triple power bomb and only did two of them. Another Xbox, uh, Xbox, another uh, WrestleMania 2000 move that I used to love doing, but he only did two uh, power bombs instead of three, which I thought was a a little bit of a bummer. But yeah, just yeah. a just a squash to get the pop for Scotty and Jericho to get one over on Regal. So now again, Kurt Angle is like uh, going backstage and uh, Stone Cold has had enough of him. He's like, oh, well, you know, you got the hype, but Kurt, but Booker team, I have the whiff, you know, and yada, yada, yada. So then Stone Cold's like, that's it. I'm going to the ring. So out comes Stone Cold. He comes to the ring, says, um, says he is tired of everyone saying Booker T's name. He's tired of hearing Booker T. You know, Booker T slammed Stone Cold uh, through the table, you know. Booker T invaded WWF. He calls out Booker T, but Booker T does not uh, come out at all. And Stone Cold's like, oh, you're scared, Booker. I'd be scared, too, if I were you. I'm Stone Cold Steve Austin. All of a sudden, Taz gets out of his announcer's chair, and he gets in the ring. Taz says, instead of Austin worrying about Booker T, he should worry about what's going on in the WWF and should apologize to Michael Cole. And Austin basically says no. And then so Taz stands up for Michael Cole and says he'll be an apology out of him. Austin, well, I mean, he challenges Austin, but Austin does not want to wrestle Taz tonight. And then Austin hits Taz with the belt and starts to beat him down. Hits uh, Taz multiple times with a chair and just really starts to lay it in on him. And then he threatens to beat Michael Cole up as well. And then Booker T um, hits the ring and he hits Austin with the WCW title and runs away. And then Shane McMahon is waiting for him, um, waiting for him in the getaway limo as the WWF guys uh, chase Booker T and Shane McMahon off, you know? So, WCW strikes again on uh, Stone Cold and Mr. McMahon here as well. So we have two times where one Booker T hits Mr. McMahon, then gets another shot in on Stone Cold Steve Austin as well. What do you think of the whole, um, you know, Taz uh, standing up for himself and Michael Cole segment, though, Rocco? I, I mean, I liked it. I liked that, the, like the way that there was so much going on at this time where. The Taz, Michael Cole, the, the Michael Cole getting his ass kicked by Stone Cold and Taz wasn't there kind of like happened on Friday. And then the pay-per-view happens and then Raw, which, you know, they're not there for that. And then this week. So it's almost like it's almost like a Saturday night's main event where this story is separate from what happened on. You know what I mean? Like it's there's a lot of stuff going on. And Austin really. I mean, Taz, once again, gets a great pop. And I love hearing Taz say the word beat. Like he's always, he always 
You know, him saying he's going to beat somebody is always great. Um, Austin is just punching the back of his neck really violently when he has him down. I guess it's like two dudes who both had broken necks have a like, hey, just go for it, man. And uh, it was cool. Like uh, Austin gave Taz some respect because he had to hit him with the belt before, you know, he kicked the shit out of him and he he had to do it sneakily. So giving Taz like he didn't just like treat him like shit, kind of like Triple H might have done earlier to Taz. Um, But yeah, it it was fun. And like Cole did a good job of selling like his uh, worrying about his friend. And then, you know, book comes out. So I thought it was really cool. But once again, when we talked it before about how it was kind of confusing where it's like, shouldn't these guys also who love WWF also be mad that Stone Cold just kicked the shit out of their WWF guy as well? Like you just watched this guy kick the shit out of fucking Taz and Michael Cole last week. Like, but you're so worried about Booker T. Yeah. It's like one of those weird things. Like we're saying how this, there's so much WCW and this going on where it's like, kind of like, I mean, Austin's being kind of a bigger dick than these WCW guys. He's kicking the shit out of your friend over there, man. Like, so yeah. so interesting how that works. But, I mean, you can't deny that Austin and Taz in the ring in New York is a big fucking deal, right? Like, yeah, Austin made himself in ECW, and they have this little face-to-face here, which is pretty fucking cool. And uh, really shows Austin's a fucking piece of shit in this era. And, uh, <laughs> you know, like really a coward who has to sneak attack guys and, and just is violent. And Booker T comes in and saves the day, so uh yeah i mean really fun and way to end it and uh uh the saturday night's uh sunday night's uh <laughs> sunday night heat security comes in and ends the show in a really fucking exciting way <laughs> yeah and it was also kind of funny um you know how they went back to the michael cole getting beat up segment like there was like a little payoff to it you know it's like yeah really they showed it first back. too yeah they showed it yeah. too because i i you know, I, if you forget like you saw that so it was kind of cool that they showed it i did like that but uh what's his face Bob Holly's such a fucking idiot that he, instead of trying to go into the door of the limo, he just jumped onto the back of the limo when the door was still open. He just, yeah. <laughs> he just flopped on the trunk like, Bob Holly, man, what are you doing, man? You're a fucking clown. Get out of here. Yeah. And uh, Michael Cole was actually, I think, like, he still had a little bit of a black eye, too, you know? So, like, I oh, didn't yeah. notice at first. I was like, oh, snap. They, they're playing off like Michael Cole still's got a bruise in his eye, too, you know? Yeah, like, he's still got the shiner on there. And it's like, I'm excited to see. Like, I mean, I don't remember what happens next with that aspect of the story. So, yeah, definitely both these shows made me excited to see what's going to happen next, which is uh, the most important part of a television show, especially the week after a pay-per-view, right? This is a lot of shit going on the week after a pay-per-view. Yeah, and it's only going to, like, you know, turn up the heat a little bit more because uh, starting on uh, the next Monday, it is going to be WCW uh, matches uh, coming to Raw. So uh, that'll be uh, fun to uh, have, like, see who I get on for the next uh, next Raw and SmackDown there as well. Well, that's going to do it tonight for uh, Nation Invasion. But before we go, Rocco, do you have anything that you want to uh, direct the listeners to? Do you have anything that you want to plug? Sure. Um, you could uh, Cronoso Monthly on the North-South Connection podcast. You could check me out on that every month, uh, soon to be twice a month, I think, doing uh, uh, going through the WWF timeline from the 80s. Uh, you can check out some uh, Talking Pop I just did with Jenny Smith uh, on the North-South Connection as well with t- Jenny and Tim uh, interviewing me about uh, my life, which um, I don't know why anyone would, but I had a good time doing it. And uh, yeah, that should uh, that be it. If you want to check out my band, Chain to the Dead, uh, please do. Yes, Rocco, I will also uh, ch- ch- check out your band uh, band as well. You know, I was kind of like, uh, you know, like when you uh, showed us that uh, 
bar brawl. I was like, oh boy, you know, well, you know, your last uh, thing uh, in uh, Rhode Island. I was like, wow, or like wherever you were, I forget where you were, but uh, oh yeah, you were in Massachusetts. Yeah, I was mm-hmm. like, oh boy, Rocco's band got, yeah, Rocco's band had a brawl. <laughs> Yes, uh, sometimes things get a, get a little uh, wild and fun, but at uh, hand. But sometimes it's mostly just fun and a good time to to watch. But if you don't want to watch or you don't want to come live, check out the check out the our music on uh, iTunes and Spotify and all that good stuff, and you can hear us uh, in the in the safety of your own home or car. <laughs> yep. Well, as for me, uh, you, well, besides this show on the Place to Be uh, Wrestling Network, you can also. Uh, Find me on uh, my own show, Extreme Resurrection, where me and my co-co Steve Riddle go through the timeline of ECW on Sci-Fi from 2006 until 2010. We just covered, um, you know, um, May ECW from May 15th and May 22nd, 2007. Uh, they're on. They're uh, getting ready for uh, Judgment Day, and uh, the shows were sandwiched between a pay-per-view. So you know, you have. Um, the show, the ECW show before Judgment Day, where Bobby Lashley takes out the new breed in a three-on-one handicap match, preparing again for a three-on-one handicap match where it's like Lashley versus the McMahons and Umaga for the ECW title. Vince McMahon is the ECW champion at this time. And you have CM Punk versus Elijah Burke. That's going to also happen at Judgment Day. And then uh, you have... Um, um, CM Punk and Rob Van Dam on the May 22nd show, they take on the new breed in the, um, in a tag team match at the main event of that show as well. So a lot of going on, on, uh, extreme resurrection. You can check that out on the place TV network. And I, 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 also, I, I, sorry, I believe you just finished up my, uh, all time favorite wrestler besides Andre the giant Sabu's, uh, last match, which, uh, on that oh, show, yeah, right? didn't even happen. Yeah. Because uh, he didn't want to wrestle uh, Kevin Thorne. So Sabu is gone. And then Kevin Thorne's girlfriend, uh, Ariel also gets released, uh, after the Baltimore show in on, uh, May 15th as well. So a uh, little bit of a uh, release action going on for some ECW stars as well. Yeah. I mean, so, uh, yeah. Rob, uh, Sabu's last match, I think was like RVD, Sandman and dreamer, right. In a four way. I think that was his last yep. TV match. And, uh, that's a big yeah. star-studded match that I think got like five minutes. <laughs> so, uh, uh-huh. Yeah, it did. So that's the end of us at Boo as well. Um, and then also on the – sorry, no problem. Yep. On the Beverly Hills uh, 90210 show, um, I just covered uh, Season 2, Episode 17, uh, Chucky's Back with just Justin and Tim over there uh, where um, Steve's sort of like rival or uh, the TV show uh, – son comes back and uh convinces uh steve's mom to do a a reunion show and then he tells steve that oh you're adopted and steve really wants to find out where he really comes from and who are his uh real parents are too so uh check out that that should be dropping soon uh Beverly Hills 90210 so episode two episode season two episode 17 Chucky's back I just did that with uh, Justin and Tim as well yeah that was a fun episode to listen to I enjoyed that yep yeah well for for from Rocco Martone I want to thank you again for um appearing as a guest on uh, Nation Invasion thank you very much Rocco oh man thanks for having me it was a blast I really enjoyed it Yep. Well, that's going to do it from us here. He's Rocco Martone. I am James Gruenberg, and we will see you next time. 
as we the nation prepare for this invasion. Good night, everybody.